Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. For the final episode of Season 4 of the Profiles in Teaching with Technology podcast series, it gives me tremendous pleasure to welcome Dr. Tim Lotzenheiser. Tim serves as Vice President of Education for Con Selmer Incorporated. His career spans 10 years of college band directing at Northern Michigan University, the University of Missouri, and New Mexico State University. After serving as Executive Director of Bands of America, he created Attitude Concepts Incorporated to accommodate the many requests for student leadership workshops, convention speaking, and professional development presentations for educators. Tim's books, produced by GIA Publications, are bestsellers in the music profession. He's also co-author of Hal Leonard's popular band method, Essential Elements. So for our season finale, it gives me tremendous pleasure uh, to welcome a gentleman that needs no introduction. If you've been a teacher and been conscious in the last 20, 30 years, you know Dr. Tim. Dr. Tim is a, 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 an absolute um, idol of mine. Uh, he's inspired me for years, and I know he's inspired the thousands of music teachers who have listened to him. Dr. Tim, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's a real, it's a real privilege for me. Well, the that's privilege for me. Thanks for inviting me to do this. This is fun. This is like hanging out with your buddy at the coffee shop. Or something. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, um, you know the. For the for the see this is season four. I've been doing podcasts. I've been interviewing music teachers um, from around the world. And for the last two years, my podcasts have um, have focused almost entirely on the elephant in the room that we've all been dealing with for the last two years. Um, and you know, I'm hearing really inspiring stories about teachers who have had. Um, you know, to rethink their programs, teachers who've had, you know, huge uh, losses to the number of kids, uh, elementary band directors who have lost the fifth, fourth graders and fifth graders and are looking at like, well, how is this going to impact my career? And that through it all, I've been inspired by the people I've spoken to um, because they're looking at it from the, the, the standpoint of, you know, rebuilding and rethinking. I would love to just start off by getting your thoughts on, on you know, if you were back in the classroom right now and having had experience the last two years, what what would you be, what would you be thinking and what would you be doing? <laughs> well, it's a great question. I, I wish I had some slick, quick elevator answer to it. Uh, it I'm You and I are a lot of like, alike in the fact that we'll take what is and then run it through our filter of what can we do. So, um, and that sounds real platitudinal, but uh, there are so many opportunities that have come from this. Now we can look at the downside and I don't think anybody that would roll the dice and say, Oh, this is cool. Let's do it again. Um, 
certainly not. People don't like change for the That's most right. part, even when it's for the better. Yeah. And <laughs> ah, no, I don't want to change the schedule. Well, this is going to really help the kids. And I don't want to change the parking place. I would, you know, well, this is right next to your door. Well, yeah, but I enjoy that half mile walk or whatever it is. Uh, so we have to dig through that to start out with, <clears throat> but it has really amped up the importance of the possibilities of technology. You and I probably wouldn't be doing this uh, podcast if it weren't for pandemic. Right? Uh, that's right. Absolutely. Um, and I look at the people who, who shifted immediately and go, okay, you know, I'm not too jazzed about doing this, but if we're going to do it, let's do it and make it really work for the kids. Uh, I was doing um, I me stuff, but I think this is important. Uh, uh, many of the sessions, Jim, were virtual, obviously, during the, the pandemic. And I was doing a principal's uh, leadership thing. Yeah. Um, and so they had all, Jim, done surveys about uh, their, their various teachers and classes and so forth. Which, which class held the kids the best, engaged them the best, kept them on the screen and, you know, all this sort of thing. And uh, in every situation, it was music. It was yeah. the music classes. And then these principals, and, and you know, I know there's all the jokes about administration and so forth, but they're busting their tails. They're, they're doing the best they know how for the most yeah. part. And what they came um, to a conclusion was, is that music is so much different than other classes that it really is a culture. And the, the kids missed the culture. They wanted to be with their friends. They wanted to be. And then it's interesting that these, these principals and so forth are going, well, you know, those, those kids hang out in the rehearsal room. Yep. <laughs> you know, and they got jackets and they got their logo on them and they go on trips. And, and it was a, 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 an awakening for them to go, oh, this is not just go toot your horn or, you know, play your violin or sing or whatever. This is a whole reason for them to come to school. Yep. Yeah. That realization probably wouldn't have shown up without, you know, the situation. They would have never even looked at it. So a lot of good's coming from this. If, if we want to step back and put positive, negative sides, there's a lot of positive. I'm with you a thousand percent on this. Yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, to me, um, and I'm sure it, I did a bunch of virtual conferences this year. Uh, and I mean, excuse me, last year and the year before. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that for a lot of teachers and you know i'm in my uh in my 50s and i've and i spent you know i've spent the past 30 years teaching students um and when you go virtual while there are some cool sides to it the actual teaching um you know sitting there in front of in in your living room um and 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 everyone else is joining you virtually from their living rooms and when you're speaking and everybody's been put on mute, um, it's a really brutal way to teach, uh, in my opinion. I don't, I, I'm going to be really honest, I don't like it because I don't get that energy um, mm -hmm. from the room, if you will. I can't read the room. Um, occasionally, yeah. people will click on little clap hands emojis, but that doesn't, you know, I'm sure like every, like you, I've seen you present so many times and everyone is thoroughly engaged, but it's because they're in the room with you. Um, I just want to, you know, I think I, I just wanted your thoughts on the whole idea of that. And then what you were just saying in this community, uh, you know, where these kids feel like they're part of a community. I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the whole virtual uh, versus in person. Well, I mean, I'm I'm with you again. 
you can't feel it. You can't feel the room. You can't sense it. It's um, I've said, it's like taking a shower with a raincoat on. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, or it's like uh, uh, you're playing your jazz solo, but it's to a recording. There's no give and take. Um, and, and, you know, I've watched you present so many times and, and you, you know where the chord changes are. And, and, and I can watch you and it's, it's, it's a clinic and how to do a clinic watching Jim Frank. Work <laughs> that, that I learned from you, sir. Very, I appreciate that. No, it's true. If they're not dancing to polkas, you quit playing polkas pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. You're into ballads right away. Yeah. And you can't get that. However, however, just, I don't know, it was out of desperation or frustration or whatever, but, you know, I started going, okay, um, if you agree with this, raise your hand. Uh, uh, give me a one or a two on that. Give me yep. anything to get them to respond. And then going, Jeremy, can you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry. Was I muted or something? Okay. What, what's yours? One or two. So they, so they all know, at least I'm watching. I'm right. there. Right. Uh, responsibility is the ability to respond. Right. Yep. And so I uh, do something, you know, hit your head, uh, stick out your tongue. I don't care whatever it is. But I, so they know I'm not just spitting at a screen, seeing what'll stick. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I talked to music teachers um, who were having virtual rehearsals with their ensembles, with their choirs, mm -hmm. their bands, their orchestras, their mariachi, their modern band, whatever the ensemble was. And the only way that they could facilitate that over Zoom or Google Meet or however they were meeting was to have all the kids on mute. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you find this as comical as I do, but, you know, how on earth are you conducting a, a muted ensemble having any idea? And, you know, they were like, well, that's the only way we could do it. And the kids were playing and they were recording themselves and submitting it. I think, you know, a thing that another thing that was truly inspiring to me was the kind of the creativity and the resilience of music teachers going, OK, well, this is just the new you know, the new way I have to do things, or hopefully it's just super temporary. Um, did, did you do any of that type of thing where you were doing rehearsals? I mean, you, you, I know you've conducted, you've done honor bands, you, you're, you're just an amazing musician all around. Were you doing any of that, like virtual conducting to a silent screen? Yeah. And again, I, I, I don't, there's, there's that frustration, but that's, that's useless energy, right? Right. Okay, you're frustrated. What are you going to do is the key. And, um, you know, I, you and I, again, we're so much alike. I always, when I'm with you, I just love it because I feel like I'm talking in a mirror. <laughs> you know, and, <clears throat> but <clears throat> the one thing that didn't change through all of this, Jim, was time. Father time kept ticking along. That's right. He didn't care if there was a pandemic or what the situation was. Now, here's the cool thing about time or real thing. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. You can't bank it. You can't save it. You can't come back and do it later. I mean, it's like, it's like money. If you aren't spending it right then, it's gone. Okay, so knowing that, let's come up with any crazy thing we can at the moment to, to see if, if there's some communication of some kind. Um, and again, you know, I, I would be <laughs> directing this screen and then, you know, we, if nothing else, we'd have a laugh about it or I'd go, 
does this feel as goofy to you as it does to me? Yeah. And then <laughs> go up, and at least there was a, a highway of resonance that we were all on the same page. No pun intended. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm, you know, this is the, the season finale of season four and my wish for next season that as I never mentioned the words pandemic or COVID-19 or variants <laughs> or anything or zoom ever again, I am really interested, Dr. Tim, to, to hear what, you know, so we have thousands and thousands of teachers that listen to this podcast. I would love for you to kind of give those folks what you think this next school year is going to bring and, and what, what can uh, music teachers, you know, grab onto and look forward to, you know, if they've been faced with a drop in numbers, if they've been faced with, you know, some of their colleagues have decided to call it a day and retire, you know, what kind of message would you send to the music teachers who are looking ahead and, and thinking about all the work that's in front of them? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, if you know a shortcut, call yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Collect anywhere in the world, right? <clears throat> um, you know, the, the great uh, Maya Angelou quote, uh, Jim, where it says, they won't remember what you said, they won't remember what you did. They'll remember how you made them feel. And I just, I think if this is the time to widen what we bring to their lives so that they know that, that they as a human being count. And that the benefits that they're going to receive from being in a musical organization are going to go far beyond the let's get ready for the concert. Right. Um, and, and I think we've all been, I know I've been guilty of that. You know, uh, we're getting two days away and we still can't get that one part. And okay, well, you know, let's bring out the whips now <laughs> and see if that <laughs> pushes us over the goal line. Um, but it's about the human being. Um, and maybe it always has been. I mean, you and I are here because we had great teachers along the way, great mentors. Absolutely. And we probably stayed in the profession because of the wonderful colleagues we have, the, yep. the people. Um, so, you know, I, I would just, and I'm still teaching, continue to, to connect with them. People listen to what's relevant to their given survival. So what's relevant to you may be different what's relevant to the person beside. That's why in a math class, if you go in, you're one of the masses and bingo, you know, because you're going to be out the next semester and that's going to be a new class for those teachers. Music teachers, they're with us sometimes for our entire career in, in school. Yep. And so that relationship, I would continue to juice, uh, fertilize, amplify, um, dig in deeper. Um, and people go, well, I don't have time for that. I, that we, we have to get to the music. We don't have time for all that feel good stuff. Right. And it's like, no, that's what makes the music better. Yep. That makes sense. Absolutely. And, and you just touched on something that, um, I am hoping, I, you know, I have been trying to convince music teachers for literally 34 years <laughs> that music technology can be a force for good in their music program mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't always work it doesn't it's there are a lot of places where it's not appropriate but you know I, i've been it's it's been my mission to try to convince teachers and through my own enthusiasm like why this stuff is so good and then on march 13th 2020 everybody came up to me and said okay jim we're ready to listen <laughs> um you know uh and now 
um, a lot of them are faced with this idea of, okay, well, I use this, it got me through, you know, what am I going to use? What am I going to throw away? But one of the things that I'm hoping never gets thrown away is that a lot of performance ensemble teachers who had the thing they love and the core of their instruction taken away from them for an extended period of time switched almost instantly to this idea of comprehensive musicianship, building the best musician uh, individually rather than this ensemble and, and bringing kids to uh, the, the world of ear training, the world of music theory, the world of composition, the world of music history. I just want your thoughts because you just basically said we're getting these, you know, this full musician. Um, what do you think about teachers who are going to say, well, that worked, that got me through this. Now I'm going back to the way it used to be. I, you know, do you think that this idea of 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 creating well-rounded musicians um, should be sustained through things like technology? Or, or do you think that, you know, going back to the way it used to be is what teachers really need right now? Oh, my gosh, to not take advantage of what we've learned? Right. That, that, that would be novice. That would be silly. I mean, it would be like, um, okay, I'm done with the new car that's out that's got, you know, uh, mapping in it and that <laughs> heating of the seats and and blah 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 i want to go back to a stick shift yep. with no air conditioning and what why with roll down do windows <laughs> yeah why would you do that when for the students this is an opportunity to expand you know to to give them value i, I always think about that third trumpet player that just sits there out of loyalty and but the part's not maybe really really interesting really sort of jazzy uh now that person could sit down and play with Wynton Marcellus yep. if he or she wants to why yep. why would we say no to that my goodness yeah. no I appreciate I, I, I you know I, I'm just curious because I don't think you and I have ever really talked at length about your kind of feeling about uh, music technology in the in in a performance ensemble in a general music classroom I, I don't think I've ever asked you that um, you know, when, when all this stuff started coming out, I mean, to me, it is for the kids, it's, it's a game thing too. Right. You know, I want to sit down and play along with this and see how many I get right. And, and we all know this, but you know, every, every teacher goes, well, I can't get my kids to practice. Right. Well, the, the hardest part about practicing, at least in the instrumental world is getting the instrument out of the case. Because once it's out of the case, everybody really is, is excited about doing it. So they did it in the first place. Now we have we have an entire orchestra we can play with. Yeah. You know, or duets with. That's always been the problem. I mean, sitting playing quarter notes is not really fun. Or if you're a drummer like I am, counting rests is not the hippest thing in the world to do. Right. But now I've got music. I've got professionals I can play with. And I... I just think it's the coolest thing in the world, man. <laughs> Why would you not? Yeah, I mean, what I, sometimes um, when people hear me say what I'm about to say, they think it's rather heretical of me. But when I was teaching middle school band, mm -hmm. I was under the same pressures that every single middle school band conductor in, in the United States or around the world is under. And that was that I had to keep my kids motivated. They didn't practice. They left their instruments in the, in the instrument storage <laughs> closet. Um, I would beg them to practice. They'd forget their music. They didn't have a pencil. 
Um, you know, they, they'd get into arguments with each other. And then when it came time to like the beginning of December, my anxiety level started raising because I knew that while all the pieces were close, none of them were done. And I had a concert on the, you know, December 15th and, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and so my, my instincts told me that technology belonged nowhere in that rehearsal room because the, the, the kids, my saxophones were still playing F natural, right? And they weren't, you know, they yeah. weren't playing the F sharp and I'd be screaming at them. And so I'd be, oh, no, I have no time for technology during my rehearsal or as a band director, but instead, you know, I, I would use it with my general music classes. And then I had this kind of a crazy idea that once the world of the internet came along and kids could access this stuff outside of the classroom, well, maybe when they're not with me, you know, and I'm, I'm begging them to practice, maybe if I put technology in their hands and said, all right, well, this technology is going to be my assistant band director, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and you can use this outside of the class so that when you're with me, your performance is better, you know your music, you're playing in tune, you've already figured this stuff out, you have an understanding of the basics of music, you know, what do you, I would imagine you're on the same page with that approach where, you know, during the rehearsal, you know, I've been to so many band rooms and, and choir rooms. I'm sure you have, you go to Texas, they've got tonal energy playing through the, uh, playing through the speakers with the, with that metronome and the kids are doing their regular warmups. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that kind of idea of using it as an assistant band director or, or are you all about, you know, using it all the time? It, again, <laughs> they'll think we scripted this, Jim. <laughs> we didn't i swear we're just this no, is random talking I, i'm really interested with technology every child can have have his or her private teacher for as long as they want each day right and you know i hear well yeah so forth yeah but they all their kids are taking private lessons everybody can take private lessons now yeah and you know what you only pay for them once yep and I, why would you not sit down and play along with somebody who is a, a, a premier world-class clarinetist yep. to develop that sound in your ear that even as a band director, I couldn't do. You know, even if they took a lesson from me, I couldn't do that. I don't have those chops that to turn your back on. I mean, it's a buffet that's endless to me. Yeah. So, and there's there are so many great tools out there. I know that oh. um, Con Selmer has this music professor, which I think is very cool. There are many online lesson platforms. There's obviously all the software that Music First makes, as well as our competitors. But you're right. There's a ton of options out there, and and they're all pretty affordable. Well, they're they're affordable, and you know, kids today they live on technology. They they're carrying their private teacher around in their phone. Yep. You got 20 minutes, kick it out, and you know, we'll play the humble together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's very cool. So um, I'm gonna switch gears on you, uh, Dr. Tim, because I don't I I think there's a lot of music teachers out there that that hear you speak that I, I think you I'm sure you've done a keynote at every single state MEA and, and national at this point. And so um, you know, if a listener has not already heard you speak. Um, they sh certainly should. Um, but I've always wondered, and I'm sure music teachers have as well, 
how did you like your career arc? How did you get to be Dr. Tim? Like, how did you get from um, the, you know, the, the classroom um, to where you are today? I just, if you wouldn't mind, it's just a really, I'm sure it'd be very interesting to the people listening. Yeah, you're kind. First of all, it's just Tim. Mom calls me Tim. <laughs> I, I will always call you Dr. Tim. <laughs> if it's good enough for mom, it's good enough for anybody. Um, it was, I, I know nobody grows up uh, wanting to be a speaker. I mean, it's the number one fear of human beings, public speaking. So, you know, you don't do that. It was, I kept going, you know, I was a college band director and I kept going to workshops to get better. I mean, I, I wanted to bring back more to my students. And I would come back and, you know, my, I had some better baton technique or I, some new literature. And, and I'm like, that part I can do. I, that, yeah, it's the connection part that I, I, how do I connect? How do I connect with that kid that slumped in his chair, has got his hoodie on, you know, right. yep. uh, forgot his horn, as you said, and could care less. And his mom's making him stay in band. How, and that became, uh, you know, it's like, oh, did you hear that performance and so forth? Well, yeah, you give me the all state band and I'll make them sound pretty good too. That's right. I mean, you can conduct with your feet and they're going to sound pretty good. And that's not to take away from any of my colleagues who are phenomenal musicians, but the engine is already there. I'm, I'm way before that. How do I get the engine? That's what I was at. Right. Yep. Uh, and then people would say, well, you know, you got my kids kind of excited, you know, and, blah, blah, blah. And how, why did you do that? Plus I came from the ilk of directors, Jim, that, and I, I don't mean this in any um, derogatory fashion, but sort of the meaner you were, the better your band was. Yep. Absolutely. And, don't smile until Christmas, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and my mentors were that way. So st when I started teaching, those were the tools I had and just, you know, if you can just be a, you know what, then, and it worked, you yep. could get, you could get the group so good, but it got to a point where it would never get any better than that. Or I would have to yell louder, or I'd have to threaten more, or yep. I'd have to be more dehumanizing. And that's just not my personality. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, so that's kind of what kicked it to you know, it's screaming some kid. It's a love story for God's sake. <laughs> right, right, right. But did you just like start, you know, and, and say, I think I'll put in a session proposal and 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 tell, <laughs> tell my, I mean, because when I watch you, by the way, you are an absolute Zen master. You have the audience in the palm of your hand from the minute uh, I've studied you. I watch you. I try to emulate you. I, I love the storytelling. Like, how did you first, like, what was your first session? Did you just say, you know what, I'm going to go and do this? Um, gee, you're so kind. I mean but, it. I mean, and I, I think mean, everybody I mean, listening knows you know, <laughs> that they're all feel the same way about you. There's certainly the cynics out there. Um, I, to me, you know, it's always about what can you do to help other people? And again, I don't mean that in any fluffy sense. If I, this is just Tim's personality. If I drive by and somebody's got a flat tire, I'll pull over. Right. If I'm, you know, if the table needs cleaned or the trash needs taken out, there's that Gandhi part of me. And if you've ever been to Con Selmer, I could tell you firsthand that I watch you go around and, and help clean tables. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, if it, you know, what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, whether you want to do it or not, right? Yep, yep. Um, and, 
and to find out that that part, I mean, there's a lot of great conductors out there. And, you know, I was going to be a professional uh, musician and play, and there's a lot of great percussionists out there. And, and, but nobody had really addressed this part of it, the connection between the player and the conductor, that space between there where real art happens. Yep. You know, and, and, and it's invasive because it talks about your personality. And that can be very invasive. Uh, and people don't, you know, you have to be vulnerable and people don't like that because we're, we're an animal. And so we're always at survival. That's the bottom ring of Maslow's scale. Yep. Um, but, you know, your, your group's not going to get better. You're not going to get more students until they realize they're safe and you're going to challenge them and you're going to encourage them. Not blow sunshine on. Right. But just be there to say, you know, we're not there yet, but you know, we're on our way. Um, and I wish somebody had told me when I was in school to criticize in private and praise in public. Mm. But it just kind of went the other way. That's a good life lesson, no matter what situation you're in. <laughs> Anything you're in, because you can't unsay something, right? right. Yeah. You can apologize, you can ask for forgiveness, but once it's out there, it's out there. And, and I'm guilty. I would love to go back and get my first five years of teaching back and just beg those kids to give me another chance. <laughs> <laughs> so when, was, when, when was your first like keynote address? Mm, I'm trying to think. I think I, uh, well, Midwest wasn't really a keynote. I think it was like Wyoming music educators or something like that. Right. And, it, you know, it's like, is anybody going to listen to any of this stuff? Um, but you must have felt really good because I'm sure that from the beginning, people were, you know, they're just listening because I think and I'm sure you'll agree or I'm pretty sure you'll agree that a lot of music teachers feel like they're, you know, the, the not second class citizens at their school, but they feel like they're always trying to fight for their existence and it's exhausting. Right. And they feel like. You know, every time a new administrator comes in, they have to, you know, try to, you know, get on their good side. They have to make sure the secretary and the and the janitor like them. Um, it's this it's this constant struggle. At least that's the way I felt genuinely in my 15 years in the public schools. And and then you come along and it's this kind of, you know, to me, it's just such a beautiful thing where telling music teachers that what they do matters and I'm pretty sure that's why you connect so well with them is because, you know, I, 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 what do you think? I mean, am I wrong that teachers are the music teachers, especially whether it's real or not, feel like they just get beaten up all day long, or, you know, year after year? Yeah, I think uh, another great point, um, and it's obvious you've been to the well. Uh, I think music teachers are in a posture to be the most important influential mentor in a student's life. Yep. Whether they're going to be a doctor, whether they're going to be an accountant, because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And if the habits of excellence are built via that music culture that you put together, it'll carry over, you know, all the smart kids are in music. No, that's not true. Once they join music is when their grades go up. <laughs> So, I mean, there's, there's a, an afterglow that, that comes with this and what other, I mean, most of us went into music because of the influence of our teachers. Now, an architect, that may not be true, or a lawyer, that may not be true, uh, because you just bump into that teacher once or twice. 
And when we go back to visit our schools, where do we go? We go to the rehearsal rooms. We go to see Miss Soforth or Mr. Soforth um, because those people, it was more than the information. It was more than the content. It was the context. Hmm. It was the affective domain that wrapped us around. And that's why, you know, Jim, when, when, when somebody leaves who's been an icon at that school for 20 years or whatever, and all of a sudden the group goes from 210 down to 35. Well, the notes didn't change. The right. counting didn't change. Right. The, the cognitive part of it didn't change. It's because Mrs. So-and-so is not there any longer. Right. So the music teacher is part of the curriculum as opposed to just handing the curriculum over. And we're the last expressionistic class in the school. That's, that's the truth. You know, we're yeah, we're you know we're the first stop when principals are are taking new students who are potentially moving into the district. When they take them on that tour of the school, mm -hmm. we're usually stop number one on the tour. Like, let me yeah. take you down to the band yeah. room, especially if you've got this really good culture. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, all right. So I'm going to switch gears. I, I've got you for a few more minutes, and I want to make sure I I get um, a couple more questions in, but switching gears on that idea of that first stop on the tour yeah. what advice would you give to music teachers who may be feeling down right now and feeling like you know I, oh man i'm i'm i've been teaching 25 years and i got uh, you know 40 percent of my program's gone i don't know if i want to do this anymore what advice would you give to people who are feeling in that kind of mindset right now yeah it's usually not it's usually not the reason they chose to be music teacher in the first place, right? right. We chose to be music teachers so we could uh, expose students to a, a treasury of expression, a language, an art form, a communication. Um, and then we get caught up in the uh, logistical part of it, yeah. which has been what, shot to snot right now. Yeah. Um, the whole game of motivation, and for many people, as you well know, that term is a, a negative term. Uh, motivation, and this didn't show up in my life till about six or seven years ago, motivation for the most part comes after we do something. We get excited. The kids are excited about the concert after it's over with, mm. or, you know, some kid will go, I'm going to quit. And we'll say, just hang on till after the concert. And then we'll talk about it. Knowing that after the concert, they will be, you know, really excited because it was such a great concert. They had such a great experience. Yeah. So for those teachers who have just kind of shrugged their shoulders, well, first of all, you're not going to change anybody. If they've made up their mind, all we can do is support them in doing what they want to do. But those who are kind of on the fence and going back and forth. It's like, go clean up your office. Really organize it the way you've wanted it always. Mm. Spray it so it smells good. <laughs> you know, put up some bright colors and change, ch make something better. And you'll you'll get guilt. You'll gain energy to make something else better, and then it it moves forward. We like the marathon after we've run it. Yep. And uh, everybody's waiting to get motivated to do something. Come on, we both went to college. I didn't get too excited about writing papers, but after the paper was done, it's pretty kind of yeah, pretty cool paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that God does. You know, it's funny you said that, um, uh, Dr. Tim, because when I, before I left public school teaching, mm -hmm. I will be really honest, I was burning out as a band director, completely mm -hmm. burning out. And I begged my superintendent of schools to let me stop being a band director and go full time music technology teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, my superintendent did something really wise, which which just resonated with what you just said. And he goes, um, all right, I'll think about it. And let's talk in in a couple of months, and and we'll we'll think about it. And I said, oh, okay, because I'm really serious. I'm I'm pretty sure I want to stop. And so the day he decided to let's talk about it was the day after my my winter concert. And I was like, and he goes, Jim, let's let's have that chat now. And I was like, oh, this you're being unfair. He goes, you, you, you really want to give that up? I was like, you know, that's not cool, man. I. I you know, and he's like, I'm uh, today's the day you can either tell me right now that you can stop being a band director and I'll put out a search and we'll get somebody to replace you or you can keep doing what you're doing. I just think you're really good at what you do. And I was like, ah, yeah. right? and sometimes that kind of motivated. I mean, that kept me in. I, I stayed for another couple of years after that because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, Wrong. You're totally right about the idea of of getting those things. So maybe even like a small win. I mean, you know, having um having your first in person concert back. You know, looking forward to. I know in in where my uh, children went to school. Um, you know, masks are off. The band is playing. The choir is singing. The orchestra is playing. And this um, uh, May, we're going to have our first spring concerts with an audience in chairs. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, if, if, if music teachers can just hold on to that um, yeah. for some, this is, they've been doing this all along, but for others, it's been two years of this, um, you know, hold on to that concert. And then afterwards, you know, think about how you feel and maybe get recharged and amped up to like say, all right, well, how am I going to go and recruit for next year to make my program even better? Oh, I mean, you're spot on. And again, if we can slide our egos and we all have egos and we all deal with them, but, you know, get excited about that euphonium player finally learning how to play an A flat. I mean, that's a victory. Yep. And I think sometimes we push that stuff off to the edge because we're so focused on the big tent, so to speak. Yep. But, you know, that's interesting you said that about because if you're if your administrator, the first day you said that had said, OK, I'll go. Look, you would have done it right away. Yep. You were in that mood to do it. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm. So your filter changed after the concert. Yep. The way you looked at it. But in, in all due respect, and not to make you feel good, but you don't, you don't know how not to succeed. Uh, <laughs> you don't, because the minute you stub your toe, you're going to start fixing it right away. Yep. S failure is when you give up or give in. You couldn't, you couldn't fail if you wanted to. You don't have any failure habits. I so, appreciate it. <laughs> true. Well, there's a responsibility that goes with it, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's part of it. And that's, that's why I say uh, the, the, the whole thing about, you know, if it comes between being right and being kind, be kind. Uh, because you can always go back and be right. Uh, and so, and that doesn't mean, again, blowing sunshine. But yeah. just always looking for ways to move the glacier forward. Yep. And there's always ways. There's always ways. And that's what, what you just said is so I, I'm hoping that people remember the way they felt in April of 2020, right. where I was on the verge of tears at all times. 
um, and the idea of a student, you know, I was sitting in my living room having a very like serious business meeting and my seven, then 15 year old daughter was doing school online. And I heard her teacher asking each one of them how they were feeling and how they were doing. And I just started sobbing this idea of the of empathy yes. coming rushing in where teachers were really feeling a re super close connection because we were going through something none of us had experienced. Everybody was scared. Nobody knew what was going to happen to their parents, to their grandparents, to themselves. And I, I'm hoping what you just said is that, that if you can't be right, be kind. <laughs> Yes. is that I, I, I hope teachers remember the way they felt about their students at the depths of the darkest part of what we've been through and carry that forward uh, because I'm sure that the kids appreciated it. I know as a parent, I was sitting, I, I, I cried numerous times listening to my daughter's teachers care about them. Um, and I think music teachers have the most perfect opportunity. Um, they're, they're usually the the... In my in my experience, from my teaching, the kids looked at us just differently yes. than they did their other teachers. Yes, yes, there's no question about that. And and didn't you look at your music teachers differently? Oh, absolutely, definitely. I, I saw them as uh, as my idol. You know, they yeah. they were they they couldn't. Well, sometimes I got I got in a little arguments with them, but for the most part, I was just they. That's who I wanted to be. Well, absolutely, and and like I say, I wanted to be a music teacher but I wanted to be my music teacher. Yep. 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 Um, and, and when I got in trouble, I didn't go to books. I called him. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, it's just, it's a relationship thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, have, I just like, remember that teachers remember that uh, and, and carry that forward for next year. Cause I, I, I personally think that it's such teaching is such a rewarding career on so many levels. Um, and to me, it's the human connections you make, the fact that, you know, 25 years later, a student out of nowhere emails you and say, I just wanted to let you know how important you are. You just sit back and go, oh, my, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. I can keep going. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure you uh, I'm sure you'd say the same thing. Oh, no, it, it, it is the relation. And it is it's we, we are wealthy we get to teach an art form that we love. And I know all the downsides and I've heard them and everything, but we still get to teach music to kids. We get to open them to an, uh, a kaleidoscope of colors they won't understand any other way, to be passionate, to be empathetic, uh, to love for that yep. matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we, I could talk to you all day, Tim. Uh, my my the last thing I'd love for you to do is um, for those people that haven't seen the advertisement or have never been there, um, the Con Selmer Institute that you guys do in um, South Bend, Indiana, every summer is some of the most rewarding moments I've I've had in my professional life. You know, just be, before we go, just give a give a quick overview of why people should come to CSI this summer. Well, you know, the first thing is that if there's ever a time our students needed us, it is now. Yep. I mean, uh, they are desperate for somebody to hang on to that they know they know they'll be safe and they know they'll be taken care of. Uh, and uh, CSI, as you well know, is kind of that for teachers. It's a, a at Bethel University. It's a quaint little 
college where beautiful place yeah it, you go back in time and we we own the university at that time um it's great food it's the opportunity to sit down and and have lunch with colonel graham or paula Kreider. Or, it, it, it it's real intimate and as i've said i think the time and you can affirm or tell me i'm crazy jim i think the time between the classes is as valuable if not more valuable than the time during the class. Oh, absolutely. Sitting down at a table with other like-minded individuals who are obviously there for the same reason you are. Right. Um, I can learn more in a 10-minute chat with somebody I've never met than sitting yes. through, you know, a clinic. It's um it, it's a truly special experience. And I really hope uh those who haven't been there, just click on that link and go and and, and do it. it. It is well worth your time. And well, you get to see Dr. Tim and hang out and, and, <laughs> and hear some great musicians play. It's just a really great time. It, it, it's a it, it's a healing time right now. Yep. We need to be together with the people that are, like you say, of like minds and walk away going, yeah, I'm clean. I yep. got my teeth cleaned. I'm ready. Yeah, no. I look forward to uh, seeing you there uh, this summer, Dr. Tim. This this uh, the this podcast is going to be airing about a, a couple of weeks before the Institute happens. So again, if, if you haven't already registered, please go ahead and do. Uh, Dr. Tim, thank you so much for for spending a little time for for motivating uh, teachers as you always do. You're you're a real gift to the profession, and I really appreciate the time that you spent with me today. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Be well. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.